Mm. Wow. We, uh, <laughs> we actually uh, spent time last week just talking about supernatural love as a whole other type of love, a whole other level of love is beyond agape, um, which we'll get into today. It's beyond, I mean, not beyond agape. It is agape love, unconditional love. It's beyond phileo and, and um, eros and, and, and uh, filio and uh, it's another one. Sturge or Sturgeo, um, it's, a, it's, it's a whole nother level of love. And we talked about uh, the new birth this morning and, and, and how Christ gave his life to help the condition of our, our heart even before we had an opportunity to live righteous. And they just shared, uh, you know, it's no greater love, no greater love than this, greater love uh, than this no man has for his friend and he'll lay down his life for his friend. And, and in reality, and then somebody asked, I think, uh, Venetia was asking the question, you know, uh, or either, it was either, it was either Venetia or uh, uh, Kalina, was just asking about just, you know, just the reality of, you know, somebody at, in, on their deathbed, accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior on their deathbed, and, and, and you know, where, where is that particular person, and is it about necessarily the deeds that you do? And it's really not. It's, it's Christ giving his life for us. That's what afforded us to live, to have a life eternal. The righteousness and the, the life that we live here daily is just appreciation. You know, it's us showing appreciation. It's not for atonement. You know, the atonement is somebody giving their life. The pay, wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. And so Christ gave his life. He took on the death so we wouldn't have to. Um, but, but there's no good deeds that necessarily facilitate in, in our atonement um, from us. But, but the life that we live, is not, we don't do it for, um, to satisfy the payment for atonement. We do it to satisfy the payment of appreciation <laughs> to show that we really love and we care for God. So let's look here, 1 Corinthians 13, let's talk about this love a little bit in verse 4. Um, I'm reading the King James Version, so it says, charity is talking about love. It says, charity suffereth long. So love suffers long. That would be interesting, you know, because um, it says love suffers long, James. So in some cases, it's hard for us to suffer a little, <laughs> but it's saying love suffers long, Right? And in addition to suffering long, it says love is kind. You notice that's not the only thing included in love. It says love is kind, right? You see that there, right? It says, look, charity or love envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. And, and the reason why I highlighted the whole love is kind because sometimes we just equate love to kindness. But the Bible says God chastens whom he loves too. It says open rebuke is better than secret love, Right? And so, but here it just says, you know, if somebody's going to attach themselves to the kindness of love, then you would think they would attach themselves to not envying anybody, right? Or not getting puffed up or prideful. It says, look, love does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not our own. This is going to be a key for us as we talk about this. Love seeketh not our own or doesn't seek itself. It's not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Look. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endures all things. Charity or love never fails. 
But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. He threw that in there, not as a, out of context. He threw that because in the chapter before, he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And so he opened up this chapter by saying, you know, I could, I could speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if I don't have love, it has no value. Then he goes on and breaks down love, and then he says, hey, all these things will eventually fade, the prophecies that was communicating, the words of knowledge, the words of wisdom. Those things are, are temporal. It says, but, but love is something that never fails. It's not a temporary thing. So if you can operate in love, it's even beyond you being able to operate in the gifts, right? It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. It says, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is, that which is in part will be done away. So when, when we get to uh, grow and mature and perfect this love walk, then all these other things are not necessarily needed because we won't have all these um, clouded interruptions. You know, when you start to really embrace the fullness of love, you'll find a harmony in your life like no other. Let's go over here to 1 John 4. Again, we're talking about supernatural love, supernatural love. As, uh, 1 John 4, we'll start here, verse 7. It says, beloved, let us love one another. Now, this is the key. It's, it's, it's beyond self. It says, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So a person that's not operating in love, they don't have an intimate relationship with God at all. You know, they confront. But one thing you can't fake is genuine, true love. It says, and this was, in this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a pro, propitiation for our sins, right? Pay for it. Atonement. This is beloved. If, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Right? It says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love, look, look, is perfected in us. So, so there's, a, there's a level of love, and there's a level of, of maturity in love or completeness in love, and that love is per- perfected every time we reach out for somebody else, every time we give our life for someone else. Right? When we think about ourselves, we weaken our ability to love. When we start thinking about others and doing what's best for others. Now, the interesting thing, that's why I says this love is not an easy thing because you have to be, uh, think outside of yourself. You have to consider outside of you. Matter of fact, you living outside of you. It's all about others. And what's so interesting is in 1 Corinthians, the whole chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it opens up 1 Corinthians 13. It says, again, I mean, again, speaking in tongues, interpretation in tongues, prophecy, gifts of spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, the working of miracles. It says, I can do all these things, but if I don't have love, they don't have any weight. There's nothing fueling these gifts, right? It's all about self. That means God gave me a gift, and I just want to display it for my honor or for my benefit. But if I'm full of love, I'm going to use this gift on your behalf, and I'm going to walk away as if I never used nothing because it's not about me. It's about you. 
right? I'm not standing there to make sure I get any type of trinkets or props for using these gifts, right? And then so then he goes in and he breaks down love. Right after he says that you got to have love to operate in the gifts, he breaks down love. You know, love is patient, love is kind, long-suffering, right? Don't take, don't take account, don't put it on the ledger of a suffered wrong. We got a list of things of, of what people have done, right? But it says love doesn't operate now. We're going to get into some other things as we start talking about love. But I just wanted to park here in 1 Corinthians 13 for a reason. Because after he breaks down love, and after he says if you, you, you flow in the gifts, they'll pass away. He says when, you flow in, but when, when love shows up, when perfection shows up, hey, all that stuff that doesn't have as much weight. Then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and says, when I was a child, spake as a child, thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He was talking about love. Right. We could try to take this out of context if we want. But he was talking about love. And it makes sense. Children, when they're young, they don't know how to love. They think about themselves. They don't care how hard you worked. They don't care if you had no sleep. Feed me, change my diaper. Right? They, they, they don't negotiate. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, man. Now, you look tired, tired. Don't worry about it. I hop up out this crib, go feed myself. Just get you some rest. Get you some. Kids don't roll like that. They don't even ask, what's the budget for this week? Just fill the refrigerator. That's all. Just make sure I got something to eat. What are they doing? They're thinking inside themselves. They're, they can't think outside of themselves. They can't. Now, the thing about kids, know why they get a pass? They can't see outside themselves. They're children. It says, but when I, came, when I became a man, I put off childish things. Now I start seeing outside of myself. Now I started considering my audience. Now I start thinking about others. Now it's like, no, 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 that's okay, because you, you just, I, I watched my granddaughter uh, last time she was out here in July, and there was a time we would go shopping, go shopping. So one time we went shopping, and she got all these clothes. She just got all these clothes. But then... The other child got toys. So we get to the house, and the other child got all these toys. She got clothes. She's upset. It's like, well, hold on, wait a minute now. <laughs> you spent all your money <laughs> on the clothes. Right? But she couldn't see the whole picture. She came out here the last time, and, and um, no, 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 I went to Ohio. And so I just took her out. I have an individual day with all of them. So it was her day. And so I took her out, and so we went shopping. So, uh, she went to pick up these shoes. Uh, what was they, uh, what do y'all call them? Were they Uggs or something? Ugly. That's the Ugg stand, short for ugly? Short for ugly, okay. All right, but I guess they're comfortable, right? So, so I, I guess, I'm, I'm just assuming that's why y'all paying all this money for them, right? So she picked them up and she looked at the price. She says, oh, no, that might, might be a little bit too much. My granddaughter never thought like that. She just wanted want the shoes, you know. And then I broke it down. I said, now, you can get them if you want them. I said, but that's all you, you going to walk out here with just, with just some Uggs. <laughs> but you can get a lot of other stuff if you don't get those up. She was like, you know what, I think I want a lot of other stuff. <laughs> right? Well, what I'm saying is she, she's growing to a point where she's starting to consider others. Well, no, no, you just did this for me. Right? And so, so, so this is what it's saying. Love is considerate. Supernatural love is supernaturally considerate. Amen. Really considers the whole picture, right? Right, because it says, now I'm looking through a gas document, but then face to face. Now I see in part, but then I'll see even as, as I'm known by God. Out, 
See, I'll be, I'll be walking in such a level of love, I'll harmonize with God, right? And, and this says, this, and, and this was saying, when you start to operate in this love, you perfect or you grow love in yourself. And how do you do it? It said, God loved us, love others. He didn't even say, now we're supposed to love God. But remember, remember we talked about this the other week. All the commandments is broken down into two, right? Love God and love others as yourself. But then there's another section where it was like, hey, we could just sum them all up in one thing. Love others. Love others. See, again, when you cross over to a level where all you do is love others and you can't consider yourself, you trigger something in God to move on your behalf. Because now you've laid down your life. But when your whole life is about you, you ain't laid down your life. You, you ain't died. Listen, you a target. You know, like if somebody tell you bury yourself and they can't see you, right? Then you don't want to have to be an attack. You up there going, what? Who, who out there? <laughs> You're the first person getting take, taken out, right? Because you ain't buried. They see you. The adversary ain't worried about you. He worried about God. If you bury yourself in love, you bury yourself in God. He can't see you. So he can't touch you. All right? So just, just, just uh, something to think about. Let's go here to verse 16. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect again. This is what perfects it or completes it, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. He is what? Love. How are we in this world? Operating in love. 18, there is no fear in love. So it's almost like giving you some indicators of where you are with love. Uh, 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 remember, Venetia, you was asking, like, how do you know where your heart is, right? You were just asking that earlier today. Well, well, so we can say, how do you know where your love is? Are you in fear? Because look, it says there's no fear in love. But perfect love, that's mature love, casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feared is not made perfect in love. See, when we fear, we're thinking self-preservation, Right? We're thinking about self. Where you're in love, you're not considering self. If Jesus was operating in fear, he ain't going through that the whole cross because he's going to fear what's going to happen, what's going to be the outcome. Is God going to resurrect me? See, we don't give our lives. We don't lay down our lives in love because we don't trust God can resurrect us from there. But if we trust that God can resurrect us from there, we'll give ourselves. We'll give ourselves to the, to the relationship because God can resurrect me from there. We'll give ourselves to, to the kingdom and God's ministry because God can resurrect me from there, right? Yeah, the Bible, well, he told Peter, he, said, he says, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. He called him Satan. Cause you want, you, he said, because you're not full of me, you're full of Satan. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you don't savoreth, savoreth the things that be of God. You savor the things that be of men. He's like, you're not operating in love. You're trying to protect you. When I told you I had to give my life, you should have been excited because I was going to operate in the greatest level of love to impact the, the world. But you were so busy thinking about you being a rock star rolling with me. You was like, no, nah, you can't roll. Man, forget that. We just stay right here. We, we special with you around. Right? Then so he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. You, you, 
you don't think, you don't savor the things that be of God. You're not, you don't think about operating God type, God type of, God type of love. So, so, so if we use our portion of love for others and not self, God dwells in us and completes or matures or refines his love in us. I'll repeat that. If we use our portion of love for others and not self. So, so, so remember God has dealt, we talked about this the other week. God has dealt, God has a shit, he shed love abroad in our hearts, right? By the Holy Ghost, right? Romans 5, right? And so, so we use that portion of love God has poured in us or that peace of God in us. God dwells in us. And, and completes and matures and refines his love in us. So the more we use love or think about others, the more God is perfected in us. See, so, so, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this. I read, uh, I got this from uh, F.B. Myers. It says, we first venture on God's love by faith. So, so we first connect to God's love by faith. Afterward, we know it. Dare to affirm that God is love. Love is the uh, wafted fragrance of paradise. Uh, if thou lovest, heaven and earth will answer thee in terms of love. So if we love, heaven and earth will answer us in terms of love. By strong, patient, self of love, thou will abide in unbroken touch and all pure and loving. I'm sorry, thou will abide in unbroken touch with all pure and loving souls, whoever and wherever. So when we abide in love, we, we, we have an unbroken connection with anybody else that has love in them. Something happens, we, we merge and we harmonize better. Where there is love, lonely places blossom as a rose. If there's love, there's a, a lonely place all of a sudden blossom as a rose. Be not afraid, love on, love always. This is the true God, eternal life, and eternal life. But one, but one thought of hatred or ill will will cause the holy, happy experience to vanish. One thought of hatred or ill will actually evaporates all this power of love. See, see this supernatural love we've been talking about, it believes beyond the cost. This love believes beyond the cost. It believes beyond the cost. See, it's always worth it to supernatural love. It's always worth it to supernatural love. You know how sometimes before you make a move, you see if it's worth it? The supernatural love is always worth it because it's not about a condition. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. It's always worth it to supernatural love. Look, supernatural love is without condition. That's what we call agape love. Supernatural love without condition. See, that's why it's always worth it because I'm just giving myself. I'm not checking to see if it's going to be reciprocated, right? I'm just giving, right? It's always worth it to supernatural love. This supernatural love is independent of self, uh, self-seeking pleasure. That's Eros love. It's independent of self-seeking pleasure. It's not about self-seeking pleasure. That's Eros love. That's the lowest form of love. This supernatural love is not thirsty for affection, right? That's or mutual satisfaction, 50-50. That's that phileo love, you know, that brotherly love, right? <laughs> right? 
This supernatural love is beyond family or community approval. Beyond family or community approval. That's Sturgo love, right? You know, when it's just about uh, the compliance or the, 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 uh, the confirmation or the soothing of family. No, 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 no. See, see, there's so many different... Abraham was told to leave his family. What you going to do then? But he had to operate in love to do it. You see what I'm saying? But some of us justify uh, us not crossing over or perfecting ourselves into agape love because we, we will stop at Sturgio family love or we'll stop at phileo love or all we settle for is Eros love, <laughs> right? But we're designed to be fulfilled and completed through agape love, right? See, this supernatural love is not motivated by need, but desires to feed. It's not motivated by need, it's desires to feed. So it's not motivated by its needs or the needs of others. It's just desires to feed, to give, right? Just desires to give. It's a whole nother type of operation. Supernatural love lives to give and not to get. It lives to give and not to get. Right? Acts 20, 35, more blessed to give than receive, right? More blessed. Now, say again, the, the, the natural man in us says, if I just give, what am I getting? But see, supernatural love doesn't focus on what they're getting. They just give. They trust that God will, will measure their giving and take care of from there. He says, you know, if you give cheerfully and bountifully, it says God, you know, you give cheerfully. It says uh, God loves a cheerful giver, right? It says, give, Luke 6 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So he already gave the, the principle for giving. He just said, I need you to live to give. You know, live to think about others, right? Live to be selfless. You know, um, what was, it? It was a movie? What about me? What about my needs? What about what I need? Dream girls. Dream girls? Okay. <laughs> what about me? Didn't they sing a song or something? Okay. I'm not asking you to sing the song. I know you, to... you start singing the song? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's the minister up there in front, the guy right there. All right, so supernatural love is uncommon. Supernatural love is uncommon. All right, so, so before we, we, we got into giving, it shall be given unto you. Let's look at John, John 6. No, Luke 6. I'm sorry, Luke 6. It's where I pulled that from. I just want to give you a couple other verses before it led up to the, the, that particular statement. Now, now this is another version of the Beatitudes, um, but I'm going to get, I'm going to go over to Matthew 5, which is the Beatitudes, how to be. <laughs> Or be attitudes how we should be. So I'm going to go over to Matthew 5 to pull something out, but I just wanted to read this part of uh, this sermon and verse 33. It says, if you do good, look, look, if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. So as, 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 a, as a man or woman of God, 
If I do good just to the people that do good to me, sinners do that. So, so what sets me apart? Verse 34, and if ye lend to them whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Look, 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 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil, right? He's kind. It says, be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Look, and then he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with them, it shall be measured again. Now, just, just so I'm not tripping, it's, it's really encouraging us to give, right? But unconditionally, right? Sometimes undeservingly. But we're speaking to the giver, right? Not the receiver. It's speaking to who? The giver, not the receiver. But what what happens is people convert it into, that's what you're supposed to do for me. No, it's telling you what to do. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 hey, 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 have mercy on me. That ain't your job. Your job is just to give. Your job is to give mercy. Right? Right? You, you see, right after, it, right after it goes on later on to say, what measure you meet shall be measured back to you. Now it's talking to the receiver. <laughs> if you want to receive something, you should be given it. Right? Like you can't expect, uh, you want someone to be loyal to you and you're selfish. You want someone to put you first and you don't put, you don't put nobody first. I'm saying this respectfully. That's retarded, ain't it? The word retarded means underdeveloped. I mean, I, you know, I, before somebody tweet me or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, these days, you know, you, <laughs> you can barely uh, blow your nose, if, you know, and somebody's offended. All right, let's go to Matthew 5. It's true, though. You blew your nose, and it was 17 yards away from me. Lawsuit in the mail. All right, so Matthew 5, 46, uh, this is another playoff of, of, of what we read. So verse 44. And we're talking about supernatural love here, right? Now, both of those, those sections opened up with the other section opened up with love your enemies. This one opens up with enemies, Right? Is given, and Jesus was given a sermon on the mount. He's given instructions, be attitudes, how we should be, right? You know, so, so we talked about this this morning in the uh, uh, foundational classes on new births, how why does man need to be saved? And what we were saying, because of the condition of our heart. Well, why is our heart in that condition? Because of what Adam and Eve did uh, in, in eating of the fruit of the tree. Once they ate of the fruit of the tree, they, 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 they thrust man's heart into a pool of sin or darkness, right? And so because of our condition of the heart, a lot of times we need that, that atonement to clean, to clean 
or regenerate or make alive will change the condition of our heart. But once we start taking care of our heart, we got to feed our heart the proper nourishment. Just, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I said it wrong, the condition of our spirit. I use heart as a parallel example earlier this morning. So, so once they sinned, it, it affected the condition of our spirit. And so we have to take care of our spirit and feed our spirit the nourishment. I use the example of the same thing with your, if you have a heart trouble and your heart, you have a poor heart condition, you have to change your diet too, right? You have to feed your heart what's going to help it to strengthen again, not what's going to clog the arteries and it's not getting the proper blood supply. Well, the same thing with the condition of your spirit. You have to feed it the proper nourishment, not what's going to harden yourself and you're not getting the proper blood supply. <laughs> right? Right? All right, so, so, so here, this is him giving a, a sermon to feed uh, us the diet we need because now we're, uh, we have a new spirit. We're, we, we've been regenerated, so this is, what, this is how we have to flow and operate. See, because just because you're born again, now you have to renew your mind and renew the spirit of your mind to harmonize with the new nature, right? And so here he says here, Verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, that's not normal, right? It's supernatural love, right? Because how do we normally operate? The enemies, right? Hate the enemy. You know, as a friend of mine, he drove by the house one day. He never came to visit me. If you watch this, just to let you know I was paying attention. And he's, he just, so I, I pull up. He almost like followed me. He lived across the street, followed me into the driveway. He was like, yeah, did you see the game the other day? Because he's a Redskins fan. And I'm a Cowboy fan. This guy never came out of the house. But it's like, I went to a game. They hated Cowboy fans. Like, I was at, I was at Redskins Stadium. And they would, I, I had never seen nothing like this. 100,000 people hating Cowboys like that. Like, like, not, like mad. Right? And so, so we're taught differently in the world. We hate enemies. Right? But this says love your enemies. So I have to love the Redskins fans. <laughs> yeah, that's deep. All right, so it says, it says, bless them that curse you. Ooh, ooh, so somebody curse you. Your response is to bless them? That's, that, ooh, ooh. It says, do good to them that hate you. So you know somebody hates you, you do good to them. Right? It says, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. <laughs> she says, speak, Lord. Uh, look, it says that, look, look, why? That ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do even the publicans the same or sinners? It says, if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect or complete, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Right? What made him perfect? He, his, he doesn't change his love for the circumstances. He doesn't change his love based on the conditions. See, this is, this is what's so tough. God has so much for us, but we change our love for God based on the circumstances. Right? But we want God to love us regardless of the circumstances. 
But we done switched up. That, he didn't come through for me on that one. But did you count up all the times you ain't come through for God? And he still loved you? But the one time he didn't come through, all of a sudden he didn't kick to the curb. And he did come through on that one. That's what you wanted. That's not what it, that, that's, that was less than he had for you. You mad, ain't you? Okay. What'd you say? You, my wife said, that ain't love. <laughs> that ain't love. Let's, let's read out of Amplified. But I say unto you, love, that is unselfishly seek the best or hire good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may show yourself to be the children of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sunrise on those that, who are evil and on those uh, who are good and makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright and the unrighteous, the unrepentant, those who oppose him. So what it's saying is, he don't like have a section of sun that he just shines on the people that's doing right. He's showing love by letting the sun shine on the unrighteous too. Yeah, oh, no, no, you ain't got no sunshine today. Act right first. <laughs> right? He ain't rolling like that, right? It says, for if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that? If you greet only your brothers, wishing them God's blessing and peace, what more, than, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles who do not know the Lord do that? You, therefore, will be perfect, growing in spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values in your daily life as your heavenly Father is perfect. See, see it's, it's amazing, like, when, when, when circumstances happen, uh, it was a song, You're So Vain, you probably think this song is about you. I think we've been so vain, we think every circumstance is about us. It's about the kingdom. See, 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 uh, they, uh, they were walking, Jesus was walking with disciples, saying, hey, man, this guy going with that infirmity. He said, man, Jesus, hey, man, what did he do, man? Hey, I know he did something. Jesus says, who said he did anything? Suppose this is what he's dealing with because my Father in heaven will be glorified when he's healed. Who's to say it was about him? It could have been about the lives that's going to be changed when they see him delivered. Somebody, somebody had to go through 12 years of an infirmity. So other people can read it and go, well, they went through 12 years, only been five for me. <laughs> I can be healed. Right? Somebody had to pass this. Somebody's coming down your road. Will you show them how, to, how you believe God to be delivered? Or will you show them how to... Right? Will you show them you have changed your love because of the circumstances? Or will you show them how to keep changing based on the circumstances? See, the Bible says God gives seed to the sower uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, right? Basically, he, he pours more love into those that's pouring out love, those that give love, right? Scripture says his goodness and mercy shall follow us, be chasing us all the days of our lives, right? Right? 
So I was thinking about this. Uh, it says, I have not seen or ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for, for us, right? Because what? He loves us, right? Um, he's prepared for them that what? Love him. Very, very few natural operating people get to see it because it takes supernatural love to experience all that God has for us, right? We're waiting on something that is only released through supernatural love, right? Look, look, even Romans 8, it says all things work together for good for those who love, those who what? Love the Lord and are called, are called according to or in harmony with his purpose. See, see, if it's about his purpose, it takes love to sacrifice what's important to you to do what's important to God. It says all things work together for your good. So we're working and walking in supernatural love. Everything works out for our good. But we have these, uh, these uh, withdrawals, self-withdrawals. You know how, you know how we, you, all right, so, so, so just take a second and think about like when, you, when you've been on it, you know, like on the word, on time with God. Uh, in God's presence, and think about that atmosphere and how it was. Now, think about when you, uh, I'm, I'm, we talked about this Wednesday and proven, but you got overconfident. But you didn't say, I'm not going to do God stuff no more. You just said, man, you know, I'm pretty much doing pretty good. And you, you kind of got lax, right? And then you slipped out of your consistency. Then you found yourself in a place you wasn't before. So what's the symptoms when you get into that place? you start thinking about self, right? Now, now, now it's like work to do God stuff, to do kingdom stuff, to think about God. Think about anybody but you because you put yourself in this thirsty place and then the adversary says, here, I'll give, I'll give you this to quench it. Just like if you're thirsty on a hot day and somebody hand you a beer, right? Now, the commercial said it was supposed to quench your thirst because, you know, you know, they had the commercial when it's cold outside, right? The cores, you know, you had a little train going through, right? But beer don't quench your thirst. Never have. It dehydrates you. So somebody gave you something. That's what the adversary does. He gives you what looks like it's going to quench your thirst, but it creates thirst. You know, beer creates thirst. Alcohol creates thirst. Y'all know that, right? I don't even know why they put them pretzels in a bar. You're going to be thirsty as soon as you drink the alcohol anyway. <laughs> they just want you more thirsty. And the trip is, you thirsty, you know that's why they got all the pretzels and the peanuts on, at the bar. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I used to go to bars. <laughs> right? You know that, right? Because they, they want you to keep drinking. And it really makes no sense because nothing you drink is going to quench that thirst. It's just going to create more thirst. That's what the adversary does. Here, here, take this. Now he creates an appetite for something that's not good for you. Okay, y'all don't want me to talk about alcohol. Okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the alcohol alone. How about sugar? Can I talk about that? <laughs> she said go back to the alcohol. <laughs> look, she up here going, who is that, Sabrina? <laughs> look, 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 your family know you, right? <laughs> Y'all funny, right? But, but so, so, so what I'm saying is it... it it, it all creates a thirst for self to be gratified. And the thing is, so, so we cheat the spirit from getting fed, but the spirit gets fed through us operating in love, right? And the thing is, you, you notice how, like, gratifying self or, 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 or uh, getting uh, thirsty for the sugar or thirsty for the, the alcohol, 
it's almost like being thirsty for sin. It won't let you go. Like you just wanted a taste, and it tells you you got to hang out for a meal. Then it tells you you got to spend the night. Right? Then it tells you you got to pay rent for spending the night. Like then it tells you you, you owe, and now you're in debt for spending the night. And now you owe a bill and you can't leave, so now you got to do chores at the house that you was just visiting to just get a meal. It takes you through all that, right? All because self said, feed me. See, the Bible says the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is self's voice. The spirit is, is the spirit man, God's voice, right? So the spirit is, is always willing for us to do operating supernatural love. The flesh is saying, man, forget love. What about me? What about what I need? <laughs> right? And think about it. Think about all the time that you try to gratify yourself. It just causes more arguments, misunderstandings, lies. Now you live a life where you got to hide. You lie to people that love you. And, and I'm talking to, I, I was just talking to somebody uh, in another state. And I said, so how, how's, how's the family doing? I won't say who. But how's your family doing? He's like, uh, no, nah, I haven't talked to him in a while. I said, really? Y'all were so close. Uh, yeah, some things happened. Just out of discernment. I said, so basically, you did some things. No, no, I said, was it, is it because of them or because of you? He said, because of me. I said, so you did some things. You burned some bridges, and now you can't even call them now. He was like, yeah. Yeah, basically, got caught up in get thirsty for self and had to keep lying. And lying and lying. And everything in the dark comes to light. It's not a lie. There's stuff right now people doing, people already know what you're doing. They just ain't told you yet. They're giving you an opportunity to embrace the truth. Right? But you end up going down that, that path and keep going down that path and going down that path and, and destroying everything around you. Most people that, that, that are struggling with family or, or, you know, when I showed up, <laughs> I showed up at 14, Little, little, little bitter, uh, um, little bitter person. <laughs> Can't use the N word in church, right? So, so, uh, I, nobody was looking for me. Well, I mean, probably literally too. But I'm just saying, like, but no one was expecting me to show up. You, uh, Karen always tells a story. I remember when I met you in Jersey that summer. You had a chip on your shoulder, which is true. I was a little bitter kid, and I asked a lot of questions. And you know when you did dirt, you just wanted to be over with? I'm the, I was the guy showing up at, asking my dad, so let me ask you something. How did this happen? How did, you know, I'm the guy talking about everything. And, and, and uh, my, my dad's philosophy was like, Keith needs me well enough alone. But, but his thought was like, come on, man, just let it go, man. I ain't really trying to be reminded of that. But I showed up, and I was biting un- unintentionally. But I, I, I mean, I just, just had questions. You know, why was I with strangers? And some of us are making choices today that's going to have a key show up in your life. Right? You're going to be trying to fix that relationship later. You better, you better get it together now. All right, anyway, that's going over well. All right, so let's go to Luke 5. <laughs> Luke 5. Like, I just, that wasn't, this is not scripted, so I don't really have, like, I got notes, but that wasn't in the notes, okay? 
Yeah, look, they prophesy. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us. I heard Gerard back there. Yeah. Speak to us. <laughs> right? All right, so, so Luke 5, 4 through 6. I thought some, I'm, I'm going to connect this. I'm going to use this almost like as an allegory, right? Um, even though I know what the meaning is here, but work with me here. Uh, it says, now when, verse 4. Luke 5, 4. It says, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a drop. Now, that's, what, that's written in red in my book. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. So we're not getting nothing. It says, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. So I'm going to follow your lead on this one. It says, when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets broke. So they got more than they expected by following this, this lead. Now, why did I bring this up? Because we need to launch out into the deep to operate in an experience, operate in an experience in net-breaking love. See, 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 again, they had to launch out, they had to be willing to launch out beyond their understanding. They had to be willing to launch out beyond their circumstances. They, these are fishermen. They said, we, we, we have been working to gain for a long time in our own strength, we ain't got nothing. Why would we launch out to, to the deep? But now they were launching out on his word, right? He says, so launch out to the deep. He says, so we have to launch out to the deep to experience net-breaking love, right? At a whole nother level, right? At a whole nother level. So Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Where am I at? Uh, verse 1. It says, if ye, if, if, ye be, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, right? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Look, look, set your affection. We can say set your supernatural love on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you are, ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So self should be dead. It says when Christ is our life, when Christ was our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So this is, you know, and it goes on to tell us to mortify our members, like get ourselves out the way, right? Get our, so set our affection. See the, old, see, the old dead life feeds off of victimization, hustle, pride, anxiety, and lust. That's the old man. The new man is operating off of love. It's, out, it's, it's operating off of selflessness. Let's look at James 3. James 3. So, again, we're talking about supernatural love, and it should be our target because this is how we complete ourselves, perfect ourselves. But a lot of the things that we're waiting on in terms of fulfillment, you ever have a, a lot of resources and you look up and you don't have them no more? Like, 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 and then you say, well, how did that happen? I mean, besides, sometimes there's circumstances, but I'm talking about when, if it's circumstances, you say, I spent this for this. But if you look up and you say, where did it go? Because sometimes we're so thirsty, we just keep spending trying to quench a thirst. 
that only supernatural love is going to fulfill. You see what I'm saying? So, 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 so people that operate in supernatural love, they have more even though they earn less because they're fulfilled. So, so the, the stuff is not what fulfills them. You see what I'm saying? Did you get that? All right, okay, all right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so, so James 3.16. Look, look. It says, for where envy and strife, for, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Like, so where envy, now envy is a desire to take love. And strife, that's a desire to force love. Is there it says, when, when, when envy and strife is in the, in the vicinity, there is every evil work. That's no love. Right? So, so remember, envy is the desire to take love. So if envy's around, it's trying to take love. Right? If strife is around, it's trying to force love. Right? It says, there, there, it says if, if those things are in place, it's only an evil work is the result. And that's no love. Right? See, because supernatural love is what we call good works, not evil works. Supernatural love is what we call good works. Good works or supernatural love, it works faith into an atmosphere. Maybe this is faith worketh by love, right? Right? And that's uh, well, Galatians 5, uh, 6, right? 6, 5, 5, 6, 5, 6, I believe. Close. So, so good works for our conversations today is our love labors. Good works are love labors, right? Good works are love labors. Let's go to Hebrews. Uh, it's just a, the book before James, Hebrews chapter 6. Good works are love labors, right? See, because it, it costs something to love, right? Like, like Jesus gave his life. There's an anguish, remember? Let this bitter cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will. Not my will, thy will is the pray, prayer of consecration and dedication. When we get into understanding prayer in a foundational class, the prayer of consecration and dedication, like, look, that means I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, like, that's like, it hurt too much. See, because, but he was, he, was, he was breaking through a whole nother level of love so we can operate in love. So there's situations where you don't want to love that person. You don't want to forgive that person, right? You don't want to do good for the person because you don't think they deserve. There's people that's 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 uh, <laughs> there's people that's um. I, we were in a situation. There's people that tried to sabotage a situation. That's the only way I can put it. This is not in this state. And uh, but I was over a department that one of the people was up for a promotion. They qualified for the promotion. They deserved the promotion. And guess what? They got the promotion. I approved their promotion because they deserved it. Like, I, no, no, no. And I was crushed, you know. If I tell my wife the situation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, listen, I'm rarely crushed, but I was crushed. But I couldn't let me being crushed override what was best for the situation because I had to operate love independent of how I felt, but I could have used it for get back. 
And I know some people sitting there going, oh, better man than me. Not only would they wouldn't have got the promotion, I probably would have fired them from the position they was in. That's not love, though. That's not love, right? So, so look, look, look here. Look, look. This is a benefit here. So hopefully we see this. Um, verse 10. It says, for God is not unrighteous. Sometimes we may operate that way, but God is not unrighteous. Look, to forget your work and labor of love, right, which ye have showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So when I'm operating this love, is towards his honor. That word name means honor. I'm doing it towards his honor. God is not unrighteous to forget you, you making love moves that people didn't even deserve. God ain't unrighteous to forget that. God, God will reward that. See, sometimes you think, but if I love them, they're going to get over. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. You just do your part. You don't leave the presence of God to make somebody pay. You going down with them. <laughs> going to talk about you going to jump in the quicksand and going to beat somebody up. You're both going to say. <laughs> No, 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 no. All you got to do is love them. Bless them while they're in the quicksand. While they're going bloop, 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 bloop. I'm just throwing rope down. I'm playing. I'm just playing. That was love. <laughs> All right, so, 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 so this is so interesting because I was thinking through how the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says what? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. No, no, no fixed principle. No, nothing to bind it, like, like gravity, right? You're right. And so, so, but before it got to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, right? Before it got to love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, before it got to that, it was, uh, it was 17 through 20. Now, now it started off with, it didn't start off, but even before that, it said, uh, verse 16, it says, walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Y'all know all this from survival kit, right? Right? And then it gets to verse 17 and it breaks down what the works of the flesh is. And then it says, but the fruit of the spirit. See, so if I'm, I'm you talked about earlier, how do I know if my heart's right? Well, the fruit of the spirit is, is coming out, right? Right? The fruit coming out, right? Love, joy, peace, long suffering. It sounds like love, right? Sounds like, like. The first fruit is love. All the other ones are derivatives of love. Almost like you could put a, a, col- a colon behind love and then uh, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, right? I, but the works of the flesh, I just want to read this um, from the message version. I'm going to read this in uh, verse, uh, Galatians 5, 17 through 20 from the message. It says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. It says, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional baggage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, look, all-consuming, yet never satisfied want, a brutal temper, and the impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, a vicious habit 
of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. That's the works of the flesh. All that is not love. <laughs> right? But this is, this is what we settle for. And the outcome has always been the same. But somebody always says it's not going to happen to me that way. I can live the works of the flesh and I'm going to get a different outcome. No, you're going to get the same outcome everybody else has got. Whatsoever you meet, it shall be measured to you. But there's an outcome for love. So, so you know, you, you got, what's, what's a, it's, a, uh, it's a song, I don't know it's a movie, what's love got to do with it? Love got everything to do with it. Love has everything to do with it. And this is the interesting thing. Some, some stay neutral so they don't have to love. Just, this is neutral. Not like, man, I mean, I, who, who am I to judge, man? I ain't trying to judge nobody. Hey, you know, that's, that's their, their business as long as they don't bring it in my house. See, because now you ain't got to love. See, I'm neutral. I ain't got to love. But see, if I decide to love, now I might have to speak the truth in love sometimes. I might have to operate in open rebuke. It's better than secret love. I might have to chastise my child. Right? Out of love. Everything is love we're talking about. I might have to, hey, hey, address the behavior. Hey, so are you going to continue the role like that? Like, are you comfortable with that? What, hey, what's your desired outcome? You see what I'm saying? Like, I might have to ask those questions. I might have to walk by a person and say, man, how long have you been smoking? So you ever thought about stopping? See, no, I didn't go, oh, you smoking, you going to hell. I didn't do that. I just asked the person, hey, man, how long have you been smoking? I do this all the time. This is, that's my line. Man, how long have you been smoking, man? You ever thought about stopping? Just about every time up to this point in my life, people would say, yeah. And then I talk to them about some ways that they can stop smoking. But I could just walk by and be like, there you go. Man, could you put that cigarette out? Ain't nobody trying to smell your smoke because I don't like smoke. Well, what about just having a conversation? You see what I'm saying? Like, like. But if I say neutral, I ain't got to love, right? Some people sit back and watch people destroy themselves. Mm, that's a shame they're doing that. Look at them. Ooh, that fire going to be hot in hell. Glad I ain't going. That ain't love, <laughs> right? Some people dismiss, uh, dismiss, love, dismiss love by saying, it's not for me to tell them how to live. It's not for me to tell people how to live. I ain't, who am I to tell people how to live? I ain't perfect. Okay. Tell people about themselves at the store, though, don't you? Mm. With vitamins they could take. You know? Tell them all types of stuff. Plan idea. What, what's that thing y'all watch? H something? Don't. Look. Look, look, they don't respond like scripture like that. They was like HGTV, right? So, so, so why you tell, you, oh, so you telling people how to live with HGTV? It's okay for HGTV, but I can't give them scripture though. Okay, all right. Um, and then it's, this, is, this is a terrible one here. It is not for us to show them the way out. They need to figure it out themselves. That's not love, man. Genesis 4, when, um, when uh, Cain knocked Abel upside the head, 
And God came to him. He says, am I my brother's keeper? Right? That was his first response, which we already know that was a, a deflection, right? Because he, he basically knocked him upside his head. I would say this. We are our brother's keeper. They read the scripture. It says, greater love than this no man has for his friend. He'll lay down his life for his friend. That means we are brother's keepers, right? So, 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 uh, Jesus. Definitely can't get to all this. So, let's, let's just read this out of the Amplified. It's Ezekiel 3, 18 through 20, right? Ezekiel 3, 18 through 20, right? Our topic here is, is there blood on our hands? It says, when I say to the wicked, you will certainly die, and you do not warn him or speak out to tell him to turn from his wicked way to save his life, the same evil man will die in his sin. But you will be responsible for his blood. However, if you have warned the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he will die in his sin. But you will be freed yourself from responsibility. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness, right standing with God, and sins, and I place an obstacle before him, he will die. Since you have not warned him, he will die in his sin, and the righteous deeds which he has done will not be remembered, but you will be responsible for his blood. Oh, wait a minute. But I thought through the righteous deeds, we good. Once saved, always saved, right? I could just do righteous things, right? Is that what that scripture says? <laughs> or does it mess up everything for you, didn't it? All right, this, my point here is, according to that scripture, we are a brother's keeper. According to that, we, we can't operate in strife, force love, right? We can't operate in envy. We can't take love. But we can offer love. We just can't make people drink, right? But once we've offered the love, if they decided not to drink, it's not your responsibility at that point. But it's your responsibility if you're in proximity and you ain't sharing nothing. Or, you, oh, you hit them with this line? Hey, you know, nobody's perfect. But God just told, said they shouldn't be doing that. And you, you, you didn't love them enough to say, hey, listen, I'm just offering this to you. This is, going, this is going to cost you your life, right? And then they go, well, it's just going to cost me my life. Not your responsibility no more. Free and clear. See, see, I know that pastors have a history of getting stressed out and leaving ministry and stuff like that. And it is a very daunting job, isn't it, Pastor Mallory? A lot of people, a lot of situations. But where I, where I work is making sure I'm handling my responsibility and offering love. If I do that, I'm not going to carry the weight of, like, I'm not running around chasing people. I'm not running around feeling bad. Because if you're around me, Ephesians 4.15, I'm going to give you the truth of love. If you decide that you want to embrace that truth, you can kick and scream, do cartwheels. I'm good. You can cuss me out. I'm good. I was just offering you love. You ain't even got to cuss nobody out when they offer you love. You can just say, I ain't doing it. I don't want to be loved. 
Uh, uh, me and my uncle went to talk to this guy. He was on drugs at a bank the last time I went to New Jersey uh, earlier. What was that, July, I think? And I um, uh, talking to the guy. My uncle had a, uh, oh, Karen's dad. <laughs> he had a, um, you know, he had a program he wanted to get him. He says, I got a program, man. He said, if you want help, I know I can send you to a program. And then so I'm talking to him, trying to add wisdom to him. That dude snapped and was like, huh, listen, y'all trying to get me to help, y'all want me to have. Y'all not giving me what I want. Basically, what he wanted some money because when I, when I went into the, to, he was in the bank lobby, like hanging out in the lobby, and he had a, the crack, uh, he had a crack pipe and a, um, a lighter. You know, so he just, he just wanted money for crack. This guy had won, won uh, three state championships in the city. Phenomenal uh, athlete. That's why my uncle said, well, maybe you could talk to him, you play ball. Went to talk to him. He, he, he said he didn't want no help. I didn't walk away feeling bad. I, now, I took the time to try to give him some different angles, but when he got to a point where he was, he was almost irate, like we were bothering him. And so was at that point, I was like, okay, man, well, God bless you. You know, pray, we pray, pray for him. You know, we, we went away, we got in the car, pray for him. Uh, but that's it. I, to, as we speak today, I don't feel bad. You see what I'm saying? Because I offered him love. You could take a horse to water, but exactly. So, so, so we're going to be in some situations where you have an opportunity to embrace love. You have an opportunity to um, embrace the truth in love. You have the opportunity to embrace some level of a challenge. Um, realize this, you have choice. Uh, I, I will ask that if somebody's offering you love, don't flip on them because they're offering you love. Just kindly tell them, I don't want, need uh, any love from you at this particular time. I'm good. All right? And then go ahead and eat the consequences for your life at that particular point. But you don't have to get worked up. You don't have to get mad. You know, you don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to do none of those things because we're operating in our design. Before you got in the line of compromise, we were actually making sure there's no blood on our hands, showing appreciation for the love, the life that was shed for us. Christ gave his life for us. Freely was given to us, so freely we're offering it to everybody we come in contact with. So that's how we operate all the time. So if you come around me, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, I operate in giving the love that was given to me. But, you, but I won't force it. You don't have to take it. And respectfully, you don't have to come around me because everybody, uh, and I'm not saying I don't want you to come around me. I do want you to come around me. So you know how people flip that too, right? Pastor said, don't come around them. I said, you, you have choice. So I'm not forcing you, but when you come around me, so, so, so there's nobody get it twisted. I'm going to share the love of God. I'm going to share the word of God, right? That's there, there's nothing in this earth realm that's separate from the Word of God. Nothing. There's not, think, pick, pick a topic. There's nothing that's separate. There's nothing that wasn't, its foundation wasn't created. God created everything in this earth, right? So our job is to recounsel everything back to God so he can use it for his purpose. But, it's, but, but you have a choice. Every, listen. I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Deuteronomy 30, 19. The scripture says choose life, but you can choose death. It's saying choose blessing. You can choose cursing. And, 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 and this is un- the only part that's unfair to you is I'm the messenger. And the reason why that's unfair is because when I was in compromise, I didn't do a lot of things that I see you guys do. I didn't get all worked up. I told people, because somebody talked to me about drinking, I'd be like, yeah, I drink. Why are you asking me? What's the problem? But I wouldn't, I didn't have to get mad. And if I, if, if, if I ever walked away from somebody giving me something, I was willing to embrace the consequences. But I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to kick and scream. Nothing like that. But if I came around someone, they were living righteous. They was in the word. I knew what I was getting. And I chose whether I wanted to sit and listen to them or not. You notice something. When y'all walk through the doors, I just want everybody to look at things. Was there any chains on the doors? Did it like, you know, like, you know how you walk in and the door closes? Like you, you heard it like a lock? You know, like, uh-oh. No. So every situation, people have the opportunity. And, and I've never, you know, I mean, I know people have had to go to work and stuff like that, but I've never like, how dare you leave while I'm talking? No. I will never get offended, right? So I'm saying that because God doesn't talk about supernatural love without creating an atmosphere to operate in it, and it's not always comfortable. Some of us will have to embrace that we haven't really been obedient to God. Some of us have have to embrace that we've been hustling so long, we've lost sight of really what operating God is really about. We've we've lost sight of a key factor of supernatural love is obedience. But obedience to us is an option. So supernatural love is an option. So fulfillment is an option. So we're going to stay thirsty. And that's okay. But don't get mad. I have said this in a long time. Everybody in the room should be smiling and happy. You know why? Because everybody in the room is doing what they want to do. Everybody, everybody has choice. And they're making, they're choosing to do what they're doing. So we all should be, <laughs> what's that? Man? How you doing? Right? Because we're doing what we want to do. If you're not, then, then line some things back up with God. Because if you're doing what you want to do, there should be no complaining. Right? Because, you know, we reap what we sow. 